0: so i would get home and just make excuses to not study or i would just sit there and like in my head i'm looking at the book so i feel like i'm studying but it just it wouldn't happen it would not happen and i just wasn't seeing the results i needed to and so as soon as i saw your study methods like it has changed my whole life i get up early i study 2 hours from 4 to 6 every morning before work that way i still have time to get ready and you know make my commute to work and everything and get there at a good time um and even like when i haven't been studying i've kept up with that routine that way whenever i do pick up the next exam my body is still like on that sleep schedule and i really like it i am so much more productive in the morning as soon as i wake up just like you say
1: Welcome to another episode of the CPA Exam Experience podcast from Superfast CPA. I'm Nate, and in today's interview, you're going to hear me talk with Jordan. So, the beginning of Jordan's CPA study journey story is that she was working extremely hard to study each night after working full time. So, she was super busy. She would sit down, and as she described, just didn't know any better so she kind of operated under the assumption that i always talk about where people get their review course and they start going through the lessons and they just assume that you need to memorize or learn every single thing every part of every chapter every part of the text and everything included in every video lecture so she was doing that and that took so much time that She didn't have much time to really go through the questions. And she also assumed that, well, if I read every chapter and understand it and watch every video lecture and understand that, then that should be what I need to know to do well on the exams. So she spent several months doing that, took three sections and kept, you know, failing the exam, missing it by about four or five points. So she was very frustrated. And again, as she'll describe, you know, you have four exams still left to pass. You've spent close to four or five months already failing three sections. So it gets extremely discouraging. So around that time, she saw one of our ads, watched our free training, and now she's on the podcast. So you know how that went. So before we get into her whole interview, I just want to mention two things. First, our free study trainings, which you will hear Jordan refer to. Again, that's where pretty much everyone you've heard on these interviews, that's where they start with Superfast CPA. It's a free one-hour webinar where we walk through our core strategies so that you can see for yourself why this makes so much more sense, and it will be clear why the strategies work so much better and are much more effective than the normal way of studying. So the link to the training will be down below in the description of either the YouTube video or the podcast episode. And then the second thing is our free podcast giveaway. So each month we give away three pairs of PowerBeat Pro headphones to three random listeners who have entered the giveaway. It's just your name and email. And that link as well will be in the description of either the video or the podcast episode. So with that out of the way, let's get into the interview with Jordan. Okay, so have you heard any of these other interviews? You kind of know how these Oh
0: yeah, I've listened to a ton of them. (laughs)
1: this uh, little snippet you wrote in the Calendly thing, Mm -hmm. got your accounting degree in 2020, took the online classes to hit your 150. Mm -hmm. And then in July, 2021, started studying, you know, the normal way, just using Becker, Mm -hmm. going all the way through. So let's, uh, let's start there. You can just kind of talk about what that was like. You get Becker, you log in and just start going through the lessons? Is that how it was? Yeah,
0: so I pretty much logged in and how it, how it's laid out and how they want you to do it, I didn't know any better and so that's just what I started doing. I wanted to make sure that I had 100% on everything and that I had gone through and completed as much as possible. So I even started reading the book, which I'm not a fan of at all, but I tried yeah. reading the book best I could and I tried to watch every single lecture and um, go through the multiple choice questions, but I didn't really rely on the multiple choice as much as I do now. Um, I was just kind of doing them as I could, but I was really focusing on watching every single lecture and just taking notes. Um, And I did that from July until August, the end of August or September. Um, And it just, it was not for me. I was, because I work full time at a CPA firm here and Getting home after a full day of work and I have an hour commute both ways. I just was not, I, I wasn't studying as much as I should have. And it wasn't productive whenever I was, I was just, you know, zoning out during the lectures and just trying to hit and, you know, just mark off every checkbox they had and it just wasn't working. So yeah, not my preference.
1: Yeah, that's, yeah, it, it's interesting that um, you know. And again, if you've heard a bunch of these podcasts, it's a very common thing. You can kind of mark off the the dashboard a hundred percent, and it's still you know not much is actually happening. You know, okay. um, so so did you? I mean, it, you you listed out some of the sections you took and your scores and stuff. Did you kind of have a sense that you were spending most of your time just kind of watching the video and that it wasn't really translating when you would do practice questions, or would you think you were prepared and go in and take the real exam and, like, almost you were surprised every time if you got a failing score?
0: Yeah, I mean, I tried taking BEC three times just by using those study methods, and I wasn't using the multiple-choice tools as much as I should have. I was hardly using it at all. I thought that, you know, just watching the lectures and reading the main parts of the book, I thought that that would do it. I didn't think that I needed to have like an active learning style, how I've transitioned now. And it just, I mean, I got a 67 and then two 71s and I was just so frustrated and done. And Mm. at the beginning of your process, when you have four more exams to go, that's super daunting and just discouraging overall. So... I knew that something had to change if i wanted to get through all four exams so
1: yeah okay and so so then so what did change or what what happened after that so
0: i i think i've stumbled upon like one of your ads or maybe the podcast online um or something and i just listened to a couple podcasts and i saw that you had um i think it's like the free one hour like seminar the
1: webinar yeah Yeah. Yeah. and after Mm -hmm.
0: listening to that and just hearing all of the different ways that I could be studying, I was just, my mind was blown. Like I had wasted so much time doing it, you know, in a way that didn't really suit me and my learning style. And so after failing BEC three times, I started listening to your audio notes and I started like really trying to learn based on multiple choice questions, just like you lay out in your study plan and i only studied for reg for three weeks i decided to move on from bc and just kind of take a break because i was just so frustrated um but i studied for reg for three weeks to just try and like get one more exam in using the new study methods before tax season started and i got a 73 on my first try after only three weeks of studying and i mean i was just ecstatic of the immediate (laughs) results even though it wasn't a pass um, and so, mm-hmm. right after tax season, I studied for four weeks and got a 77. So, and then just moved nice. on. Awesome.
1: Yeah. Um, and so did you have our uh, pro course yes. videos? Did you go in and. Yes. Okay. So, you went <laughs> in and watched all those, mm-hmm. and that was kind of the basis of your new study mm-hmm. method, I guess? Yes.
0: Yeah. So. I, you know, I watched all of the pro course videos first before starting to study at all. So I really tried to implement the audio notes. Like that is my Bible because I just, I'm in the car so much. So just listening yeah. to audio notes over and over again, like, and I really benefit from hearing it, hearing it and seeing it in the multiple choice um, questions and everything. So just the amount and sheer volume of audio notes I was able to like listen to and just repeat, repeat, repeat. I mean, it, it made a huge difference. And then, um, I also implemented the, um, like the mini quizzes, you know, just instead of getting on social media, I totally agree. It's a waste of time whenever I could be spending, you know, a cumulative, I don't know how to say that, but you know, like just overall a much more time a much greater time studying throughout the day, just by cutting out social media and adding in five minute mini quizzes. And I just, I saw immediate results, and I was super happy.
1: Yeah, um, I know it. Ju- it just makes sense, it right? Does. Like everyone has their phone; you look at it constantly, anyways. While you're in the like the pain of going through this, mm-hmm. you know, you might as well just add that <laughs> in, like instead of your favorite time wasters on your phone, just yeah, keep studying. You yeah, know? it's a
0: much better use of time. Um, And then so after I implemented all of that, so I did still struggle with FAR. So just overall, I have a super busy schedule. I have a husband and a golden doodle and a full-time job (laughs) for taxes and all of that. And so just, I work a lot and I have a lot of family stuff going on constantly. So studying on the weekends was not something that I really wanted to do. So I tried to just spend as much time as possible during the week and listening to audio notes just being super productive because I honestly didn't study, you know, the way you recommend on the weekends, like for four hours or whatever, because I just didn't have the time or we were out of town. Um, I tried to still at least get in like the two hour sessions in the morning on Saturday and Sunday, but I didn't get to spend, you know, six to eight hours studying on the weekends.
1: Yeah, I mean, if you start passing sections, you know, whatever you're doing at that point, mm-hmm. if you're passing, it's, you know, it, it's working. It works, yeah. Whatever that yeah. is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, so it sounds like, so when you first started studying, it sounds like you were trying to study after work. Yes. Did you switch yes. to the morning? Yes,
0: I did. So I would get home and just make excuses to not study or I would just sit there and like, in my head I'm looking at the book. So I feel like I'm studying, but it just, it wouldn't happen. It would not happen. And I just wasn't seeing the results I needed to. And so as soon as I saw your study methods, like it has changed my whole life. I get up early. I study two hours from four to six every morning before work. That way I still have time to get ready and, you know, make my commute to work and everything and get there at a good time. Um, And even like when I haven't been studying, I've kept up with that routine. That way, whenever I do pick up the next exam, my body is still like on that sleep schedule. And I really like it. I am so much more productive in the morning as soon as I wake up, just like you say.
1: Yeah. Yeah, um, there's there's so many benefits to doing it in the morning. Like, obviously it's so, you don't have to fight yourself so hard, you know, in the evening you're tired, the last thing you want to do is study. And like you said, you just have to fight yourself through the whole three to four hours. It's
0: miserable.
1: And it's usually not productive. Yeah. Um, And then just the consistency factor. Two hours is so much easier Mm -hmm. to accomplish each day than again, three or four hours Mm -hmm. when you're tired. And then I think the biggest thing, though, is if you do that, the two hours in the morning all the mini sessions throughout the day, you're more or less done studying by the time you're done with work. Mm-hmm. So you, you have, you're able to take a mental break from work and study. Whereas right. otherwise, you can't. It's just work and study, and that's your whole life.
0: Right. Um, and I mean, that's horrible for yeah. your relationship, especially being married and stuff. I know that single people may have an easier time coming home from work and doing that. But it's really hard for me, like, having no time with my husband during the day or in the evening whenever I was trying to study for, I guess, two or three months of me trying to do that. Or I just wouldn't even open my book, and I wouldn't do anything at all, which, I mean, yeah, I'm getting to hang out with my husband and do stuff around the house that needs to get done, but then I'm not studying. So it was just a constant battle. So maintaining the relationships of the people that are helping support you and get you through the exams, I mean, that's that's super important. So...
1: Yeah. And that that's another factor is, uh, what would you call that? Like like you said, if if you're trying to study in the evening and some nights you're just like, I'm just not. I'm just going to hang out with my husband yeah. instead or whatever. You just have that in the back of your mind, like weigh it on. Oh, up. yeah. Whereas if you nail it in the morning, many sessions throughout the day, you just have this sense of productivity and it's like, it's just... Uh, Your life is much less stressful. Yes, and
0: I don't feel that... Is how you experience. Absolutely, and I don't feel any sort of guilt for going home after work and just getting to enjoy myself and just kind of unwind for a little bit and not having just more and more to do.
1: Yeah. Yep. Um, So what about... So 4 Mm a.m., is uh, that's like real early. You know, 6 a.m., a lot of people get up Mm -hmm. at 6, 5, even... I've always thought that 4 a.m. just kind of feels different to wake up at 4. So what did you do to kind of start doing that? And, uh, like, practically speaking, did you go to bed earlier and make sure you were in bed by a certain time? Or did you – anyways, what was your routine for getting into that routine? Um,
0: so, I mean, the first few days were very hard. Um, but I just – I try and make sure that I'm in bed by 9 to 9.30, Um as best I can, and then I always make sure, like, that the night before I get up, like, my coffee is ready to go, and if if I smell coffee in the morning when my alarm (laughs) is going off, I'm like, okay, I'm going to go drink that, (laughs) you know, so it's just kind of a motivator for me to get out of bed, and there was a direct correlation for the nights that I forgot to set up my coffee or something, or it didn't happen, I probably wasn't getting up, and that may sound silly, but, I mean, it definitely got me out of bed because I knew that something was waiting for me um that I really enjoyed and I knew that that would kind of help jump start my studying um and I also just kind of accepted I know that we should probably get eight hours of sleep every night but I'm a very busy person and I can operate pretty well off of six and a half hours of sleep so as long as I get my six and a half to seven hours of sleep like I'm good with that and and I just became okay with that and I just always made sure that I at least hit that, you know, those hours of sleep and I would always be productive if that happened. If I stayed up late, you know, sometimes I did get less sleep, but then other times like I wouldn't even get up and study. So, um, and then something else, we also bought um, like an actual alarm clock um, because it would force me to get out of bed and physically turn it off and then i would like brush my teeth or something um just to like wake up my body i would just do something just to make sure i wouldn't get back in bed and all of that made a huge difference
1: yeah um no complaints from your husband on the alarm at 4 a.m that he had to hear no
0: he sleeps right through it um the only I mean, it's not really a complaint but he's had to start helping me make coffee you know because like, I'll get so tired yeah. and stuff. So he's been really having to help out a lot at home, just like cooking and helping with dishes and stuff. And we just, we've really tag team this whole thing. And he always makes my coffee now, like every night without fail. And I can't like guarantee that I will get up the next morning and study.
1: That's awesome. Yeah, yeah um, shoot, I had one other question. Uh, I don't know if it was a question or comment. It'll come back okay. to me probably in the middle of the next thing you're saying. Um, so, are you through three of these then? Yes, I. You passed three, or you passed all four. I passed
0: three. You're I just st- got a failing score for BEC again, but I didn't. I studied for like three days, and I was just trying to get another exam. In. <laughs> um, I get on Reddit quite a bit yeah. on their CPA subreddit. There's just such a great community there, and you know, a lot of people recommend like if you can take an exam before a window closes like the more exams you can take you're bound to pass one or get one that you're better at than a previous one and i've also really tried to stick with that mentality too even though like i didn't study as much as i should have for this one i've i'm glad that i had another experience with BEC since it's been my problem child so but i've passed all the other yeah
1: yeah (laughs) yeah i mean i do think there's I I get asked that a lot. Mm -hmm. Someone's like, I have, whatever, FAR in three weeks and I'm not ready, but my NTS expires, should I take it? And I do think there's value in seeing the real exam, Mm -hmm. you know, like you said. Um, If someone hasn't studied at all, then seeing the real exam and paying the 300 bucks won't really mean Mm -hmm. much to just go in and see all the stuff. But if you've been studying a decent amount, seeing what's on there and anyways. So yeah, I I agree as long as it's not just a complete Hail Mary and you haven't studied it. Right. Right.
0: I mean at that point I had already taken BEC three times. Um I mean they were just, you know, eight months ago. Um and I also just passed FAR, um not too long ago. And I feel like a lot of the material from FAR carries over to BEC. So I failed but I got a sixty eight. So only studying for three days and having every, you know, just everything else that I've learned throughout the exams. I mean, I, I was happy to not get something stupid like a 15 or, you know, whatever.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So,
0: but I, um, I I did struggle with far though. So I had to take far four times. And I think if I would have really implemented the weekend studying more, um, and maybe just really cut everything out, I probably could have passed it sooner. Um, The first time I took FAR, I got a 48 after studying for three months. And I really think that I overstudied for that. Um, Mm -hmm. But then I took it again and got a 73. Um, And I think just the overall hype around FAR being the biggest and baddest, and just, you know, it just has that negative connotation of being the worst. And I went in there just so nervous just because of that. And the test room was overly cold and I was like shivering the whole time because I didn't bring a jacket. Just so many things were working against me <laughs> in that first exam. Yeah. And I think that's a, also a direct correlation to that 48. Because I mean, I put the time in. I definitely put the time in. But after failing, I mean, hopefully my score is only gonna go up. So I was able to get to that 73 on the next try and it took me four times to finally get a 78. but. I'm just glad it's over so I don't don't really care
1: yeah yeah so any any major difference between the 40 the attempt that got you 48 and then the 73 the next time did you change anything in your daily routine at all yeah
0: so a big game changer for me um between those two exams is There just there are so many topics and you get really wrapped up in the idea of like I have to know all of this perfectly and I have to know this in such great detail. But you can you can know what's like heavily tested and you know, they're the main topics that they really focus on. And as long as you have a general understanding of everything, I mean that's kind of where my focus shifted. Um, I was just, I, I wanted to have a, an overview of everything instead of just getting down to the nitty gritty for every single topic, because it's just impossible with the amount of material. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other thing was I started watching the Skill Master videos, um, like the weekend before the exam, um, and for people who don't have Becker, that's like the videos that go with the simulation, the practice simulations. and. I watched how they worked through the simulations and how they recommended like um, going through all of the exhibits, for example, or just how they processed all of the material that's thrown at you just for one simulation. And that made a huge difference. Just seeing someone else work it out.
1: Yeah. I, <laughs> I do think those are, those are really good. Yeah. Those skill master videos. It's just, um, you know, one of those videos can take, I mean, it, a lot of them are at least an hour long, right?
0: Um, for them
1: to walk through a, a big...
0: I didn't ever have sin. one that was an hour long. I had one that was like 16 minutes and I would speed up the video. Um, Cause I, I just, I, I struggle to sit still. I'm not gonna sit there and watch a video for an hour. <laughs> so I just sped up the videos yeah. and it was like 10 to 15 minutes. I didn't watch all of them by any means, but I think bank recs, every FAR exam, I've had has bank recs on it, on it, and it's going to be tested at some point. So just watching their bank rec sim, or yeah, SIM videos and like their statement of cash flows, those are kind of really heavily tested and, and they're, they're mm-hmm. the most complicated ones and they throw a ton of information at you. I just really watched a few of those and that's what helped me a lot.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And that's just a good, you know, strategy to whatever the SIMs are that you find challenging mm-hmm. for whatever reason to yeah, like if you don't have Becker to at least find some of those in your review course and work through the solution. Um, cause yeah, if, if you don't have Becker and you don't have the Skillmaster videos, you can kind of do the same thing. Go to a sim. If you find it, if it looks impossible, you don't spend time on the front end trying to figure it out cause you're not going to figure All it right. out. Just submit it and see how, where all the solutions come from, yes. and then just kind of reverse engineer it, reperform it. Yeah,
0: and I also um, just so that was go ahead. Sorry,
1: <clears throat> sorry, go ahead.
0: I also found a lot of stuff on YouTube, um, like for something that I didn't really like how the Skill Master video laid it out, or just something that I was really struggling, like um, bonds and leases and notes. That was like my worst topic for far. And just watching, I mean, I watched your videos. I watched like I seventy five. Um, there were a couple of different ones that I watched just to kind of get different methods for solving the problem to see kind of what worked for me. So, I mean, there are resources out there just on YouTube if you don't have SkillMaster videos to watch.
1: Yes, and that's a really good strategy is, uh, yeah, you don't have to confine yourself to your review course. Or one one thing that will happen a lot is... There will be sometimes just words used, Mm -hmm. and it's like assumed that you know that you have a deep understanding of these basically vocabulary words. And it's not the questions aren't about what those words are, they're just using it, you know, to get somewhere else. So, like, what I mean is, when I was studying reg, at one point, I just got really confused with okay, what is the difference between a realized gain and a recognized gain? Mm Because they just keep using it as if you, you know, already know the difference. Mm-hmm. There's not any questions about that difference. So I had to go off on this like side quest to figure out what the difference is. And once I became very clear on what the difference was, for, from like yeah, a YouTube video, mm-hmm. then so much of the reg material was so much easier because, yeah, I just. They're always using those words, and I was never fully clear on what the difference was.
0: Yeah, you definitely shouldn't so be. Afraid that is a good strategy. To, yeah, you shouldn't be afraid to just look outside of what you have, or just even just trying to Google things. <clears throat> there may not be a ton of stuff on Google, but odds are YouTube video is going to pop up, and it's going to explain it in a way you understand, and it makes a huge difference.
1: Yeah, another thing that I found would be, uh, again, this was mostly for. Reg, Which one are you, which one do you still have left?
0: Um, BC. I'm hoping to take it on Saturday. That's yeah. right.
1: Okay. Okay. Yeah. I would Google a specific thing and there would be like an accounting firm out there that specialized in that thing. Mm-hmm. So they would have these really good breakdowns mm-hmm. of anyways. Yeah. That's very but helpful. yeah, just in general, that's a good idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Um, and I also only took three weeks to pass audit. Super proud of that. I only studied for three weeks. And got a 75 and everybody that I've seen on Reddit, they struggle so hard with audit and take months to study for it. And so I was just super happy to not spend a ton of time studying for that.
1: Yeah, that is one that it's just very, uh, so much, what is it? Almost purely conceptual Mm -hmm. and so much of it sounds the same, Mm -hmm. but there's obviously,
0: those keywords, you know, yeah,
1: specific things, yeah,
0: yeah. Um,
1: so, what was your? I mean, what do you attribute that to?
0: Well, it starts with I had a really good auditing professor at A and M, um, and he his goal was for the end of when you were at the end of that class, he wanted you to be prepared to take the auditing section of the CPA exam, and I felt like hmm. I recalled so much just from his class and. He trained us to, like, look at the wording of the questions because that that makes all the difference. And you have to just read questions slowly and pay attention to detail because they, I mean, they're super tricky questions. But if you know, like, the buzzwords that they use and everything, um, I mean, you know what they're looking at. And, and what they want your answer to be, because there's several right answers. But if you look at just the few words that they're throwing at you, you're like, okay, I know that that is pointing to this answer. Um, and for me, I just multiple choice questions constantly were my saving grace because you just have to get used to those questions being thrown at you.
1: Yes. That's, uh, there's the whole question context, Mm -hmm. right? Like there's the context of how something's presented in the textbook or the video lecture where you just get everything line or point by point. Mm -hmm. And then the questions are just a different context. So when you're spending all your time watching the video or reading the chapter, it just doesn't really translate to how those questions are asked. But when you spend a ton of time going through questions, you just start to You get good at answering questions. Yes,
0: absolutely. And I didn't, I didn't do, I don't think I practiced for any Sims for auditing at all. I mainly focused on multiple Mm -hmm. choice questions. The only Sims that I went over for that was the research question, because I think there's research questions for far reg and audit. Um, And knowing like where, what source to look at. I mean, that makes a huge difference and it's Mm -hmm. free points. It's just, searching and, you know, control find and that's about it as yeah. long as you know, like what source you need to be pulling from for that exam.
1: Right. Yeah. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's good to, sp- I don't know, a few days before the exam, uh, maybe like pull up several research sims mm-hmm. just to get used to, like you said, clicking through the authoritative literature and just knowing in general where things are before you go into the exam. Mm-hmm. Because obviously the research sim could ask you anything, but knowing beforehand the basics of where things are at is pretty much how you get those free points.
0: Yeah, yes. and I would only do that the weekend before the exam, and I would I would pull up maybe three or four um, of those and just go through it. Because odds are, like, in the authoritative literature, whatever source you're pulling from, I mean, it's nine times out of ten, word for word. You just have to get the right words out of the question. And just practicing, researching is super helpful.
1: So besides that, in the skill master videos, were you doing sims at all on a daily basis or for each section kind of what was your practice sim process?
0: So I really, since I only studied for two hours in the morning and I didn't (laughs) want to study anymore when I got home, I really only did multiple choice questions pretty much up until the exam. But the weekend before an exam, I made sure that we were home and I would study Saturday and Sunday all day just as much as possible until I just couldn't stand it anymore. Um, And that weekend before the exam, I would start studying SIMS. But it's my opinion, it may not be the case for everybody, but if you know the information that goes with the multiple choice questions, you should also know the information for the SIMS. It's just a different testing method. Um, and I think that's the case for most of them, but I didn't study SIMS a ton. I only studied it a week or two leading up to the exam.
1: Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And that's a very common thing. Mm-hmm. I, a lot of people in the interviews say, I think I mostly, I mean, when I was studying, it's, it was exactly what's in the pro course. Mm-hmm. So I was only doing SIMS on the weekends. Mm-hmm. Going back and just whatever lessons I'd covered during the week, I would go through the Sims for those. But yeah, it was only on the weekends. Yeah. Um, so did you sleep in a little bit on the weekends to have somewhat of a break or catch up on sleep? Or you still got up at 4 a.m.?
0: Um, a lot of times I would still wake up at 4 because my husband sleeps in. So if I knock out my studying from 4 to 10, I mean, that's four hours of studying and he's probably going to get up at 10.30 yeah. or 11. You know, depending on what we had going on, yeah, I would still try and wake up at 4. If I was super tired, if I had had a rough week, I would maybe sleep in until 6. But, I mean, at at this point, I can't sleep in past 6.30, even if I try. So, I'm fine with that.
1: Yeah. Um, What about flashcards or taking notes? Do you have some way of putting things kind of in your own words when you uh, things that you struggle to remember or understand. Do you have a process for that?
0: Yeah. So I have a quizlet and I I have like a deck of flashcards on quizlet for each different section. And if I just was really struggling with, um, concepts or, you know, what to use when I would always put that, um, on a flashcard in my own words, you know, the best I could. Um, I never took handwritten notes. Once I switched over my study method, um, I did put your, um, your yeah, your review notes. I did put that in OneNote, um, and so I would like kind of mark that up um, on my iPad, like with a highlighter. And
1: oh, you mean OneNote, like the Microsoft? <laughs> yes, OneNote, yes, the program. Yes, gotcha. so
0: I, I would just like dump that PDF into OneNote, and then I could like be laying in bed, like reading your review notes, and then just highlighting it all with like my Apple pencil and making notes off to the side if needed, um, just for. Just for like things to help me remember. Um but other than that, I mean just making notes off to the side and just my quizlet flashcards.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's essentially that's that's what I recommend. I think uh some people really like the paper or what is it called? Just normal flashcards, like physical flashcards. But uh I would always just have a second tab open when I was doing my main session in Brainscape, I think I used, Quizlet and Brainscape, same thing, Mm -hmm. but yeah, it was just faster for me to type. Just keep the flashcard tab open. If I had something to make a flashcard on, make them as I was studying, and then it's with you effortlessly on your phone in the app. And so I would weave that into my mini sessions. I'd either be doing quizzes on my Wiley app, or they had these focus notes, but Back then it was like PDFs and I had to pinch and zoom to read them on my phone. Mm-hmm. Anyways, but I studied from my phone constantly throughout the day, Yeah. just like I say in those videos. Yeah,
0: well, whenever I first <clears throat> started, I was carrying around the back with flashcards with me. Like I really am, I love a pen and paper, but I'm just, I'm such a busy person. I'm gonna lose my flashcards or I may not have my flashcards with me. And so efficiency and everything being digital made studying for me much easier. There was not a barrier to entry. I didn't have to lug anything around with me. I always have my phone, so I always have my flashcards. So for my like mini sessions throughout the day, I would like just scroll through some of my flashcards and then switch off and do like some of your multiple choice um, questions, like your mini quizzes, and it made just a huge difference.
1: Yeah. Um... So this last, uh, <laughs> your BEC, so are you going to take this again at the end of this next cutoff thing? So what is it, five, four or five weeks from now, or is it sooner? The next
0: more? cutoff date is Tuesday, and I feel like I've really ironed out some of my um, trouble areas, and so I was going to try and take it Saturday. I'm just waiting on like my state board um, to finish processing my paperwork, and getting my notice to schedule. So if that happens in time, and if there is still a seat open for Saturday or Sunday, um, I may try and take it again.
1: Mm. Of this week? Yes. Oh, because you've been, okay, you just got your score, but that means it's been several weeks. So you've had a few weeks to study yes. yeah. recently yes. for it again. Mm-hmm. I see. Yeah.
0: So, and then hopefully um, I'm done. I'm tired of B C. And it's taking me longer, like, more attempts on BEC than it is FAR. And everybody says that BEC is supposed to be one of the easiest ones, and it seems to be my biggest problem. So.
1: Yeah. It's, it's funny how that is. I mean, I've talked to uh, auditors, mm-hmm. like, high-level auditors that have been working in audit for five years that, like, cannot pass audit or, you know, vice versa. Mm-hmm. Someone who's a tax person who... Can't pass reg. I think when that happens, it's like they're so used to the real world stuff, mm-hmm. and it's so different than the exam. It
0: really is because
1: there's always a the right answer, mm-hmm. but there's so many nuances and things, layers of what what it could be or how you could do something in the real world that going back to the exam is almost like too. E- I don't know. It, it's, it's not how it's like they make it harder. It's not
0: how your brain wants yeah. to think. You're you're wondering about. All of these different thresholds and limits that are currently the case, but on the exam that may not be like what they're actually using, and it definitely got confusing for me in that in that area.
1: Yeah, because you you work in tax, yes, right? yes.
0: So I, I really like. So are you Greg. in? Um, I passed it on my second try, and it wasn't as hard as everyone says it is. But I do that every day. But I've also only been working mm. in tax for two years so maybe my brain is just still susceptible to learning it through Becker and how it should be tested since I'm still kind of learning tax in general.
1: Yeah. Um, are you in the middle of busy season right now?
0: Yeah, yes. <laughs> yeah. I, usually, so I usually take a break um, as soon as January hits. I won't study until after busy season, um, but in the fall, so I passed REG in June of 22 and after that my goal was to pass far and audit during the fall by december 31st and i took four attempts at far and one attempted audit and i was just amazed that i actually hit my goal so after that i was like why would i not just try and pass bc um in january or february if i can and just call it call it good and be done um mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's kind of what i'm working on right now. If I can pass it either this cutoff or the next cutoff and be done, I would really like that. Yeah. Instead of waiting until after so busy it, season.
1: Yeah. Yeah. How <laughs> nice would it be to be done, find out you're done and busy season's then over and then you're just free. Then I
0: just have a free summer. <laughs>
1: uh, right. So it sounds like your approach is to just kind of take the take your retake as fast as you possibly can So that being the case, if you've taken a (laughs) section, you obviously have a week or so to wait till you get your score. Do you just keep studying that section in case you failed it or do you wait till you get your score? And then obviously at that point you would start studying again,
0: how you do that? Depending on how I felt about the exam. You know, I think it's very important to remember to like pause and take care of yourself and just give your mind a break because I mean, these exams are heavy and just, I mean, they just bring you down. So I think it's important to take a few weeks off. And if that ends up being like in between your exam and score release, if you plan it right, you shouldn't have to wait too terribly long. So I would typically Mm -hmm. take a break, but still listen to audio notes. Um, For far, I didn't do that because I just, I felt really bad about it pretty much after every single exam. So I did keep studying. I would give like myself a weekend to, to myself or a few days after the exam to just kind of recharge and recuperate. Um, but for every other exam, yeah, I would give myself a break after my exam and until I found my score out.
1: Gotcha. Well, um, what do you guys have planned for? Do you have some reward or plan you're going to do when you get your fourth one done?
0: Yeah. So I am very excited about it. We are going to plan a trip to Italy, (laughs) um, in May of 24. So hopefully as soon as, you know, I take my exam on Saturday, I can be done and then next week or in two weeks I can start planning our trip. But that was kind of like my husband's motivation for me. I was just struggling so much in the beginning. He said, what, what can I do? I'll take, I'll take you wherever you want. We can do whatever you want if you get through these exams. Cause I think he really didn't know if I would actually follow through because I was just struggling so hard. So I said, really, you'll take me to Italy if I want. He said, absolutely. So that really motivated me to like get serious and find something that worked for me. I taped up a little picture of Italy on my wall. (laughs) So yeah, (laughs) That's that's kind of our big thing.
1: Did you, uh, did you get that idea out of the, the little motivation guide that is in the pro course? Yeah, that really does. That really does work. I still do that. Like I'll, I don't know if there's some project I'm trying to get done or, uh, anyway, so some goal I'm trying to hit, I will buy the thing sometimes and like have it sitting here in in my basement either where mm-hmm. i like work out or something and have to see it but i can't use it like i can't i can't like have it until i've like done the the thing
0: yeah and it, uh, it made a huge yeah. difference. it's just this daily
1: <laughs> physical reminder yeah yeah
0: yeah
1: that's awesome mm-hmm. have you seen white lotus that show
0: no is it pretty good
1: it's so the second season is in italy oh and uh I've heard that just like trips to Italy have gotten even more popular because mm-hmm. of that show. It's just this stupid HBO show. I mean, it's really good. It's not like meaningful or anything. Mm-hmm. It's just one of their stupid shows. But That's fine. I like yeah. the first show. season's in Hawaii. The second, yeah, the second season's in Italy.
0: Nice. Well, I'm going to go um, watch it now. It's pretty good. Yeah. I actually yeah, got connected with another um, person taking their exams and they just got back from Italy and they had all these recommendations for me. Um, And they said that there's like a lemon farm on the Amalfi Coast that's just Mm. supposed to be a must must do while you're in Italy. So it's been nice getting to meet people through these exams. Obviously, it's not the best experience ever having to take these. But I've met a lot of really nice people and have made a lot of good connections just taking exams with other people and hearing their experience. And that's been really cool.
1: Yeah. Now, is that through people at your firm that are also studying, or do you mean like the CPA subreddit? The or?
0: subreddit, yeah. Just just online, just yeah. talking to other people and knowing that you're not alone and feeling like, you know, these exams make you feel so dumb. You know, it doesn't matter how you did in high <laughs> school or right. in college. They just, mm-hmm. they just make you feel like you know nothing. So just to talk to other people who were going through it too, that really kept me going and motivated. And they're just super encouraging on there. Um, but And then we have a, we're a super small firm um, here. And so there's like maybe 15 of us. And so there's only one other person here who's about to start taking their exams. And so after everything I've learned through the whole process, I feel like I'll be able to send him your way and just get him doing it the right way from the start instead of wasting time. And I'm so happy that I can help him in that way.
1: Yeah. Well, what you said about, you know, when you fail an exam, making you feel dumb at the same time, it's crazy how, if you just change your strategies, mm-hmm. like what you actually spend time doing the, you know, the results you get. So therefore it's not like, you know, you know, it's not an IQ thing. Right. I, I get what you mean. Right. It just sucks to fail, obviously. Yeah. But tweaking your strategies and you start getting completely different results, you know, you can be like, well, it was just how I studied, it's not yeah. you know, It's not me. Yeah,
0: and just studying efficiently, yeah. I mean, it's just, it's key. Because, I mean, I know that most people taking these exams are working, or they're, you know, they're working full-time and have kids at home. And I don't have kids, and I, I don't know how those people do it. But they have got to figure out some <laughs> way to study more efficiently. Because I, I know people who passed, passed all four on their first try, but they were studying full-time and studying eight hours a day and you know when you have life and just everything else going on you have to find something else better than that that can get you through
1: right yeah definitely well um we've kind of gone through everything and i don't want to take up much more did you have to did you take like the morning off to do this because you'd be at work normally right
0: i'm I'm at work i just closed my door oh (laughs) yeah gotcha
1: okay Okay, I usually good. don't take a lunch or um,
0: anything, so just an hour of something in the morning, it's no big deal. Okay. Yeah.
1: Um, so the last thing I always ask, mm-hmm. you probably know this, what, uh, even if it's stuff we already talked about, what would be your top three tips for people trying to figure out their own study process still?
0: My top three tips would be wake up and study in the morning. Even if you're not a morning person, you need to change your mentality and you need to become a morning person. Um, listen to audio notes constantly, no matter what you're doing, you need to be listening to audio notes, even if you're cooking or getting ready or driving, you need to listen to them because just having so many different methods of retaining the material and hearing it and seeing it and practicing it, it will make such a big difference. And number three, just keep taking them. Do not give up. I believe that you can get through them with just brute force, you know, if you give up, <laughs> I mean, you're done, but if you just keep taking them, yeah. you'll eventually get it. Um, but implementing all of your study strategies made a huge difference, a huge difference for me. So.
1: Yeah. That's awesome to hear. I mean, I'm glad you, uh, so it sounds like you found us through the podcast first. I think Were so. you like searching on, did, did you search like CPA? in your podcast app to find something? Yeah,
0: it was super random. And then that yours was the first one that popped up. And I just, I was desperate for anything to help me. And I saw a few different ones and I ended up um, clicking on yours and just loved the idea and the concepts behind your studying, not taking you four hours after work. And, you know, the fact that it was geared towards working professionals and people with busy lives.
1: Yeah, which is, I mean... That's like most people, you know. Yeah. It's, yeah.
0: There are just, I don't know, people out there say, like, you should have taken them before you went to work. And, like, I had so many people tell me that. But I wanted, like, I had to get to my 150 hours. And I wanted to, like, gain experience and start making money. And so I knew that it was Mm going to be hard. But it was just nice seeing someone being, like, pro that route instead of against it, like everything else I had heard.
1: Yeah, and I mean, you know. The pass rates are only 50%. So -hmm. if you don't get them all done in the summer between your master's and your like first job, then, then what are you supposed to do? Exactly. I mean, most people are working at some point through the process. Mm -hmm. You just can't, nobody has just six months without working to, you know, study all day and take the exams.
0: Yeah. That was definitely not my situation.
1: Yeah. Okay. Well, um, yeah. I'll let you get back to work, but I appreciate you doing the call. You had a lot of good things to share. Definitely let me know how BEC goes this next time or when you're done. And uh, that's awesome about your Italy trip. But anyways, I'm glad you found us and that it's been helpful. So congrats on being three out of four so far. Thank
0: you so much. Y'all have been the reason for all of this. So thanks for everything you do and keep helping people get through these.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it was fun to chat and hear your story. So that was the interview with Jordan. I'm sure you found that very helpful and informative and motivating to hear her own journey about how she was doing everything she thought she should do in the beginning. And it just still wasn't working and then just tweaking her strategies a little bit and then not even having to put in as much time as before and everything was working so much better. So anyone can make those same small tweaks as long as they're the right tweaks to their study process and get much better results. So if you did find this episode helpful, please take a second to share it with someone else you know who's also working on their CPA exams, or also leave a rating and review for our podcast, or you know like and subscribe, leave a comment on YouTube. It just helps in the different algorithms to help other people find these episodes. So thank you for watching or listening, and we'll see you on the next episode.